Buckle up, you are about to enter the Draws Cast podcast. Your host, author, and motivational speaker, Jeff Drozowski, will transport you through the world of motivation and leadership, always keeping an eye on having some fun, too. Sometimes with a guest, other times just Jeff. Either way, you will leave better equipped to succeed than when you came in. Here he is, the Draws, Jeff Drozowski. Thank you author, motivational speaker, trainer, coach, video blogger, and podcaster, Jeff Drozdowski. Welcome back to the show, the Drozcast podcast, speaking of motivation and leadership. Today, I have a special guest, and we're just going to go ahead and get right into the interview. Uh, I have a nice bio to read about our guest, Brian Gordon, here, and uh, we'll do that first, and then uh, we'll let Brian kind of take us down the road of leadership and motivation. Brian Gordon is the Alan W. Bush Award winner which is annually given to the Michigan High School Athletic Association administrator, coach, official, trainer, doctor, or member of the media who has at least 15 years of experience in Michigan interscholastic athletics with unusually frequent and significant contributions. Brian is the director of athletics at Novi Community School District, He began his career more than three decades ago as a physical education and health teacher for Royal Oak Schools. He began that in 1990. He moved into the athletic director assistant principal role in 2010 at Royal Oak and then became director of athletics at Novi High in 2012. Prior to becoming athletic director, Mr. Gordon taught at the elementary and high school levels for 20 years. While teaching, Mr. Gordon coached baseball, football, basketball, track and field from the junior high to varsity levels, including a long stint as the Royal Oak Kimball and Royal Oak High varsity baseball coach from 1995 through 2010. Brian was inducted into the Michigan High School Baseball Coaches Association Hall of Fame in 2011. All right, Brian, we are going to take it from there. Your bio is really long. You have a uh, plethora of successes, uh, and we can get into those in detail. But first of all, welcome to the Drawscast. Well, thank you. Thank you, Draws. It's great to talk to you, and for transparency's sake, uh, Brian and I were teammates at Central Michigan University way back in the 1980s. That's right, folks, the <laughs> 1980s. But uh, it's I've been watching uh, Brian from a distance, uh, his accomplishments and successes, and as we moved into 2020 with more guests, I thought Brian would be a great guest to have on talking about leadership and motivation. And uh, doing a little show prep and having some conversations back and forth, uh, I can tell you that Brian is, uh, he's right on line with what his uh, bio says. He's very successful. He's got a great attitude. And I know that he's going to share it with us today. So, Brian? It's a lot to live up to, Dress. Yeah, I know. I know. That's the thing about having a big bio is uh, now you got to live up to the expectations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, we'll start off nice and simple here. And uh, the way that I like to do interviews is we, we kind of start way back when, kind of build the foundation of how you got to where you mm-hmm. are uh, today, and then we'll uh, and then we'll you know end it with some fun stuff. Uh, sure. So we'll go on from there. But first question. Uh, your background, uh, 
tell us where you came from. The, the bio says a little bit, but what I'm more interested in uh, while you were growing up is we know about your sports interests. Uh, did you have any other interests as you were growing up? Ah, gosh. Um, I like to fish. You know, I uh, growing up in Clawson, which is pretty close to where you grew up, Josh, mm-hmm. um, our family was very much involved in, in the baseball community. My grandfather actually started the Little League program in Clawson back in the 1950s. And so we've always been a, um, kind of a baseball family. Um, and as I was coming, going through Clawson High School and Clawson Junior High at the time, there were a couple people that really made a difference in my life and probably uh, some of the biggest reasons why I went into education. Um, Steve Belowski was my baseball coach and Dick Moore was my football coach and basketball coach. Um, those two gentlemen really kind of showed me the way and the direction I wanted to go. And then, you know, had a moderately successful high school baseball career where I got an opportunity to uh, go on and, and uh, play for the Chippewas for, for a little while. And uh, Central Michigan Chippewas, yes. that is, yes. <laughs> And so um, while at CMU, just got involved in um, education, um, some of our teammates. Um, you were older, much older than me, Draz. You were a senior. I was a freshman. Coach Belowski was baseball. But uh, Coach Moore, who was my football coach, this guy was also my junior high health teacher, PE teacher, uh, geography teacher, JV basketball coach, varsity football coach, um, you know, I really, and then my dad too. Yeah. And, so, and my dad was my coach for a, quite a long time. And then uh, um, when I got to a certain age, uh, I kind of, kind of left town, you know, it isn't like it is nowadays where everybody's on a travel team. And so I didn't, you know, I, I left town when I was probably 15, 16 years old. And so um, went and played for others, but that, yeah. certainly those people were very impactful on my career path. And I am today. So what you're saying is, is it just wasn't baseball. You were kind yeah. of a three-sport guy. You played yes. football in the fall, yeah. basketball in the winter, yep. and uh, baseball in the spring. Yeah, absolutely. And okay, then but all summer. Yes, and uh, so baseball was where your biggest talent laid, uh, and that is evident with the fact that you received a uh, scholarship to play mm-hmm. at Central Michigan. Yep. So you built that foundation through high school. Uh, you had uh, all those amazing influences. And really, since we are talking about leadership and motivation, those influences uh, that you had uh, as a youth is really what a big part of leadership is yes. in school systems, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. You know, um, being the coach of the coaches, and that's really what an athletic director is, um, you, you serve as a mentor for many of your new coaches coming in. Um, some of the coaches that, that we had at Royal Oak and Royal Oak Kimball and here at Novi, um, I've learned tremendously from them. I can tell you that um, as a young coach, uh, coming into, into coaching high school baseball, my very first baseball job was JV baseball coach at Kimball. And uh, um, a gentleman by the name of Frank Clauser was a varsity coach. And Frank was very happy with a one nothing win where the ball never left the infield for either team. And so he was kind of a small ball guy. And, but I never, I'll tell you what, he is by far 
the finest coach that I've ever been affiliated with. And so I came in as a young guy, 23 years old, who thought, you know, I played at Central Michigan. I knew everything about the game. And what I didn't know was how to teach the game and how to rally kids and how to get kids to believe in you as, as their leader. And so um, Frank really did show me the way uh, in, in that respect. And uh, another guy there, too, as well, Chuck Jones, was my athletic director. Uh, Chuck was uh, – to say something bad about the guy, you'd have to make it up. So – yeah, and for those of you, uh, most of you out there who are not uh, or did not grow up in the southeast Michigan area, those two people that uh, Brian mentioned, Chuck Jones and Frank Clauser, are legendary names that uh, when he mentions those, it, it does drum up all those things that you mentioned. One of them is, is he was small ball before small ball was, uh, was small ball, right? I mean, it was pitching and defense, and if a guy got on, then it would be, you know, uh, steal second, bunt him over to third, and a ground ball would get him in. And that's <laughs> it's, it's boring, but it was successful. Yes, no doubt. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, so let's go back to your CMU days. And uh, what position did you play? I know, but the people out there don't. I was, I was a, a very mediocre pitcher. So, um, uh my career at Central Michigan was a little bit, in, well, quite a bit injury ridden. Um, we, I had a little tendonitis, had a torn rotator cuff my junior year. Um, and so my time on the mound uh, in Mount Pleasant um, was not glorious by any means. But I will say that um, having the opportunity to be part of something bigger than myself um, is, is by far my greatest memory of being uh, a Chippewa. Um, us reconnecting alone is just, just goes to, I mean, tells you that, you know, the program at Central Michigan, especially in the 80s and part of the early 90s was one of the finest in the Midwest. And it was because of the people. Yeah, uh, we affectionately call those years the championship years. And uh, when you go back to Mount Pleasant, uh, people in the athletic department, that's all you have to say is, I played during the championship years of the 80s. And it's like, oh, man, you guys, uh, you're one of those guys, you know. Uh, but they say it with reverence because that was a very successful time. And, and that is uh, something else that I wanted to make sure uh, people understood is that, uh, you know, we played and we played a real high level of ball at CMU. Mm -hmm. And there was a couple of years there, my junior and senior year in particular, we were just a stone's throw away from making it to the college world series. Yes. And, uh, you know, it was heartbreaking that we didn't, but, um, but you learn from uh, things like that. And I know during our show prep, we talked about victories and losses and how that helps you later on in life. Um, is there any particular time, Brian, in your sports career or maybe uh, later on where you had maybe a, a defeat or something went wrong that you really learned a lot from? Draz, I can tell you that when when I walked away from the game back in 1989, 88, um, I had to sit down with Coach Creener and tell him that I couldn't, I, I, I simply could not throw anymore. 
um, that was arguably the, I mean, at, at a young age of 21, 20, yeah, I was 21 years old. Um, it brought tears to my eyes. And, it, and I can tell you that Coach Creener was extremely gracious. Um, he continued to honor my scholarship, even though I was not productive by any means. Um, and I like to say that that, I mean, that was a defining moment in how I would treat kids as a coach, as a teacher moving forward. You know, when we were talking about the show prep, we were talking about kids want to play for somebody. Kids want to be led. They, they, a good sign of any program is when, when people come back and want to be part of it. Um, you've gone back to central Michigan and, and, and been a contributing member. I've done the same thing. Um, and how we do that it could be with funds can be with playing in the golf outing. It could be with recruiting. Um, it's something that I, I'm very proud of that I was part of something as, as amazing and successful and not just from a wins and losses perspective, but there are quality people that came out of that program that are doing amazing things now. And to me, that's what, that's what educational athletics is about, even at the collegiate level. Totally agree. Uh, and just a little bit of background on some things that Brian was saying. First and foremost, Brian's story about arm trouble uh, and rotator cuff and tendonitis and the road to Major League Baseball is filled uh, with guys like us uh, on the side of the road who, you know, if our bodies would have held up, we may have been able to move on and do bigger things in the baseball world as far as playing is concerned. But injuries are a big part of any sport, but especially when your arm goes, <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty much it. So, uh, and the other thing is for those of you who are listening out there, <clears throat> Brian mentioned uh, Dean Creener and uh, Dean Creener and Dave Kylitz are uh, legendary baseball coaches that coached during the 70s, 80s, and 90s at Central Michigan. And uh, just as recently as uh, last spring, they had their numbers retired uh, and, the, and their numbers are out in the outfield at uh, CMU 33 and 34. So uh, they are legendary folks. And uh, Dean was a, a Dean Creener, a teacher through and through. Mm -hmm. And your experience with him uh, is amazing, and uh, I think that kind of leads us into your after afterlife of college, so to speak, sure. um, and the lessons that you learned and the lessons that you learned by the people that have, have framed you. So uh, we talked about how you got to where you're at. Mm -hmm. um, what about being a vice principal? Now we're, we'll talk about leadership here. And... A vice principal usually is somebody uh, who doles out the discipline, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And in my role at, <clears throat> at Royal Oak, um, it was very challenging because I was wearing two hats. You know, um, the majority of the, of the school day, the assistant principal is responsible for, like you said, I had half the discipline in the building. I had um, a lot of educational responsibilities, curriculum, um, teacher evaluation, um, special education needs. Um, I supervise the lunchroom. 
Um, you, you deal with discipline as it comes in at you, uh, you know, depending on the day. You, it's, it's like every day is a field trip. And then at the end of the day, we would put on a, the athletic hat and uh, make sure that buses are going in the right direction. Officials are there. Uh, coaches have what they need. Facilities are, are maintained. Um, you have someone to charge, sell tickets at the gate, someone to run the clocks, uh, make sure the concession stand is stocked and that the hot, the, the hot dogs hot dogs aren't burning. And, uh, and then away we go. And so that day will go to about 9, 10 o'clock at night. And so, as you can only imagine, uh, someone who holds that role as an APAD, um, they're looking at 12, 13, 14-hour days, um, which is very challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, being in the food business and having been on my feet for 12 and 13 hours a day and uh, running a restaurant and trying to serve people great food, mm-hmm. um, you know, great service, uh, I can relate to that. Probably a big challenge for you uh, would be when it, you're the dean of, of discipline, right? And then sure. you have one of your players come in who, who maybe has done something. Uh, that Yes. That's got to be tough, right? It's really tough because kids see you when you're the AD or you're a coach, you're, you're looked in, in a certain light. When you're the assistant principal, there's another light. And so I think what benefited me in my Royal Oak days was that um, I was in the building for the first 20 years as a teacher and a coach. And, you know, in those roles, if, if you're out to try to make everybody happy, you're destined to fail because that's just not going to happen. It really isn't. Um, that's where you have to, I think, as a leader, you need to draw on, on your philosophy and your core values and, and some other things. And so kids, kids struggle with that. You know, there's, there's 15, 16, 17 years old. When we were that age, we struggled with it too. Uh, not everybody's going to get it. And then uh, parents, parents sometimes struggle with it as well. Um, it's a very, it's a difficult position. It truly is. Yeah, one of the things that you have to manage as a coach, uh, and you've mentioned it a couple times, is the parents, right? Mm-hmm. Parents are, are uh, they all want their kids or they all think that their kids are uh, professional athletes uh, in the making. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes they act that out on the fields of play. And uh you probably have had a conversation or two with parents about reeling it in a little bit. Yeah. That's something that we, we spend a lot of time with setting our expectations early and that's with parent meetings and uh, coaches and student athlete meetings. Um, But that's, that's something that as a leader, I think is important that you establish a culture that uh, is that where everybody understands what the expectations are. And that's, that's from the person who, really kind of cuts the grass all the way up to the superintendent and how we, how we conduct ourselves as people that are involved in, in our athletic department and representatives of our school district and our community. You know, those are, I mean, it's, I call it the no by way here. Mm-hmm. That's just how we do things. That's how we do business. And um, if we have folks that, that struggle with that, then, then, we, then it's my responsibility to reel them in if it's even possible. Sometimes people never get it. And, um, but that's, that's the world. That's the way life is. 
So it sounds like you have uh, built a program there or an idea that kind of showers down over every little bit and piece of your job, Mm -hmm. uh, all the different things that you have to worry about as an athletic director. And, And I mean this as a compliment, but it seems like you have built this way to keep all that in control. Uh, but okay. even then sometimes, yeah, it's even then sometimes there are things out of your control that you oh, no, have no. to deal with. Yeah. 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 We, um, we have an amazing team of people, Dras. Um, and as, as a leader, I guess, of, mm-hmm. our, of our department, I never put myself like at the top of, I'm not at the top of the mountain. We have a lot of people that are on the mountain with me and we all have different responsibilities. It just so happens that I'm the athletic director. We have people in our office that support each and every day um, that we, we can't do business without them um, and how hard they work to, to, to provide an experience for kids and coaches and, and families and for our community. Um, it, it's, it's, it's team. And that's, and that's one of our core values is team. That's the last one of our seven. Um, it's really important that people believe they, they have a similar belief system. Not that they can't challenge you as a leader. I like that. I like pushback because if we're pushing back, we're trusting each other because they feel comfortable sitting down with me. Truth to power is a, is, is a popular phrase these days, but that's, that's exactly what you're talking about is, you know, they can give their perspective and sometimes it's very truthful uh, in a cri- criticizing way. And, uh, and that's okay. It's good that you accept that. Yeah, absolutely. So your philosophy then, as far as leadership is concerned, sounds like it's more of a servant leadership or a team-oriented type of leader. Leaders Eat Last, right? It's a great book if you have never read it. And um, I, how do you ask anybody to work hard for an organization if the leader of the organization is not working hard, him or herself. And it does not happen overnight. You have to earn that respect. As I tell the kids too, you know, a lot of times kids will say, well, I'm not being respected. Well, as I say, give us a reason. Um, You know, respect is not handed out like Halloween candy. It has to be earned. And how you earn that is by putting your nose to 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 the grindstone and being a hard worker and somebody who is a good teammate. And that's true in anything, I think. Um, I always will end our meetings with two phrases with our parents. Um, One is, one of the highest compliments anybody can ever pay your son or daughter is that he or she is a great teammate. And I literally had a gentleman stand up by himself and clap when I said that. And then the other one is this, that Parents, and this, I think this is true in life. As we know, failure can be your, your, your greatest teacher. We ask parents that they prepare their child for the path, not prepare the path for their child. And we see a lot of that too. Um, but, um, you know, those are two things that we, we do emphasize around here where we do put the team first. And that's with our coaches where they work together. That's with everybody here in the athletic office when we're hosting uh, a state final out on uh, this year, we hosted the uh, state finals for boys soccer. It is a team of people that are putting a product together and we all have responsibilities. 
Yeah, going back to uh, what you said about the respect factor, uh, I have had that experience in the restaurant business as well, especially when way back when, when I used to manage restaurants, that you give uh, a young person in particular, maybe somebody who's never been in a position of authority, regardless of age, you put them there and they think that uh, they automatically get the respect that their title says. Yes. And level one leadership right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, that is the biggest mistake that I see uh, Mm -hmm. people make when they get into a leadership position. No knows of being a leader. You just mentioned one. Uh, and that is when you get in a position, uh, of power that, that power goes to your head. Um, what is there, uh, maybe one or two other items that you think are no nos of being a leader? Well, no, no. I mean, actually I, I wouldn't, I, I like to look at it a little bit differently where it's not so much the no nos, but some things that you, I think are must do's. Okay. Um, Must do's to me would be, um, Find a mentor. Find somebody who's in your line of business who you can lean on to help you along the way. Because it takes, like with our coaches, I, I tell our coaches, we only have a, we have a handful of master coaches, people who truly are in it for the kids. Wins and losses don't make, like, uh, that's not even part of their, their dialogue. That's not in their vocabulary, winning and losing. We had, a, we had a gentleman here, Brian O'Leary, was our soccer coach, and he would talk about winning uh, very rarely. He would, what he was most concerned with was developing young people into being amazing adults or young adults. And he says, that's up here. He says, winning a state championship is here. And if we can get here, all this other stuff will take care of itself. But to truly believe that and where – you know, you focus on that part of the coaching or leading, whatever your role is. And this is what I think athletics can do for people um, is really important. So you got to find somebody. You're going to run into a lot, of, a lot of roads or a lot of, a lot of road, uh, roadblocks that where you need a mentor. Who do you pick up the phone? Who do you call? You know, do you got a guy? Do you got a gal that you can lean on when you're so frustrated and you don't know where to go? And- and that goes not just in the education field, too. Uh, I have a podcast uh, that I'm going to be doing on ESPN. I just okay. happened to be in Bristol, Connecticut uh, this past week, and ESPN is headquartered there. So it just got me to thinking, you know, ESPN, big company, uh, you know, we kind of all know how it got started. But what are some of their philosophies that they have there? And one of the items that they have or that they subscribe to is the 70 20 10 method of leadership. Have you heard of that before? No, that one I've not heard of. Okay, so 70% of what people do or how they learn at ESPN is really just based on on the job uh, experience. Uh, 20% goes to what you were saying about mentorship. And then 10% is classroom training, seminars, things along those lines. But uh, they have that mentor, they like have a mentorship program that's built into their uh, organization. So it doesn't matter if it's education, it doesn't matter if it's sports, uh, 
good companies realize that uh, mentors, people who are going to pass the torch along to the younger folks, it's important. And in ESPN's case, they build that right into their model. So, And some uh, leaders are, are really good at, like I call it, putting a round peg in a round hole. You know, you see people that as they're coming through your doors uh, and you see something in them, like somebody saw something in me. Chuck Jones saw something in me and put me in position where I could, I could learn, you know, uh, kind of learn the way. And he let me fail. And so we do that with our coaches. Like, you know, uh, I remember my second year coaching baseball as the head coach. Um, the year before, we had a really good year. And so what did I do? I went out and scheduled everybody. And we ended up, my, our only losing season, we were 11 and 22. And I don't think Kimball had, 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 they hadn't seen a losing season since I think 1968, which was college's first year. And uh, I know that because he reminded me of that when we had that losing season. Nice. So, uh, and if Frank ever watches this, he will be smiling ear to ear. But <laughs> Chuck let me fail. And all he did was bring me in and say, okay, what, what did you do? What did you do different from the year before? You know, how would you change things? And I remember saying, well, I wouldn't have played everybody we played. And he said, that's exactly right. And he knew what we had coming back, but he also knew that you had to learn. And so when you can put people in those, those round pegs and round holes as a leader and you give them that opportunity, you know, to, to lead in, in little, little, little snippets, um, that's what makes an organization so strong. Yeah, and that's what uh, a good leader does. And in my vernacular, what you're saying is, is you know, a leader knows their strengths. Mm -hmm. A good leader, a great leader knows what they're weak at. And then they find people uh, that have the talents that they're weak at to kind of fill in those those spots. Yeah. And yeah, and, it, you know, that is a Richard Branson and a Bill Gates and a, you know, and uh, a Jeff Bezos kind of philosophy is, you know, filling the round hole with a, a round peg, like you said. Mm -hmm. So finding people and, and utilizing their talents and really getting out of their way too. Yeah, and let, let them do their job. Yeah, that's the other thing I, I found about ESPN too. Their their man, uh, management and leadership philosophy was that. So five questions I'm going to give you, Brian. Uh, first thing that pops into your head, we, we'll call this the speed round. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, first question, your favorite food? Uh, seafood. Lobster. Seafood. Lobster. Want to have it tonight. Want to go to Lily's in, in downtown Royal Oak. Lobster. Awesome. Okay. Uh, what kind of car do you drive? Uh, I have an F-150, my very first brand new vehicle. Just got it last year. Never have had a brand new vehicle in my life. Yeah, I'm close. I'm close to that myself. Uh, we we have leased for years as we were raising our kids. Yep. And uh, my dream is to get a truck. So I'm, I'm oh, right behind you getting that truck, man. It's the best. It is the best. <laughs> you'll never go back. That's what everybody told me. You'll never go back. And they were right. Yeah. What uh, what sport other than baseball do you like to go watch live? Football. I really enjoy it. College or pro? I'm a college guy. Mm -hmm. I really, I some of my, when I do get some time, uh, I will, uh, my Saturday nights, all the ESPN games. 
ABC yeah. games, get some great yeah. matchups. I go down in the basement now in my little rural oak home, and I, I watch my college football. Love it. So would you call that your man cave? Yeah. Well, as our one of our, our gals that works here in the office just got me a, a man cave sign to put up. For Christmas, so yeah, <laughs> it's officially got it. It's got it's it's got a name. It's got a plaque that says that. So I guess that's well, you could call it that. And I love the college, the NCAA basketball tournament. That's my favorite event. Better do than the, to, do you get to see that all the time though with your schedule, or do you DVR games, or do you just yeah. watch it on your phone? I watch it. I got two screens here. I got another screen there. Yeah, we'll put it on during the day. Um, so it's running, and then if we, we got something going on here, we'll, uh, you know, I'll catch when I can catch it. So. One of the perks of being an AD is you got, what, three televisions probably in your well, computer we've got a couple. Yeah, we've got a couple of video monitors. I have a double monitor in my office. So I'll work on one and have the game going on the other. So, oh, yeah. Do you, uh, do you like to travel? Oh, gosh. I was just, I just had a conversation with Mark Ewell, the executive director of the MHSA, last week. And we were talking about that. And the only places that I've ever really gone, Dross, has been where baseball took me. And that was either me or my son, because my son has played some baseball. So um, I went to Hawaii once for my brother's wedding, and I've been to Canada. So, I mean, I haven't been a lot of places. Now, Novi Athletics has taken me to some pretty cool places. I'll be going to Baltimore uh, next month for uh, – um, our soccer coach is up for national coach of the year, our high school. So our Todd Pfeiffer, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm there to be with him. So if you, uh, you know, right off the top of your head, someplace that you've never been that you would really like to go. Ah, uh, I want to get to Italy. Italy's high on a lot of people's lists. Yep. Uh, I, I would say uh, that would be high on my list too. And uh, I've been fortunate, but my first travels, very first time I was on an airplane was on our Southern trip, my, <laughs> my freshman year. Yes. And we went down to Texas and I had the, one of the worst flights of my life. People were, were getting sick on the plane and, oh, wow. and, and uh, yeah, it was a wild wild ride to get from Houston to uh, McAllen, Texas. So, right. but from there, you know, there was the, the traveling for the NCAA tournament, uh, sure. you know, the Mac away games and whatnot. But then as I got into the restaurant business and in particular into training, uh, that took me uh, everywhere uh, in the States. So, uh, 50 States and, and Canada and Mexico, a little bit in Europe. So maybe someday when I retire, my wife has traveled though. <laughs> she's been to Europe. She's been a lot of different places. Um, I've always worked. Uh, as of this recording, it's right before Christmas. Uh, do you have all your Christmas shopping done? Yes. All of it. When did you complete it? Yesterday. <laughs> I was a day late to, yeah, well, uh, to call mean, you out there. <laughs> I mean, we had a hockey game on Saturday, this past Saturday night. Um, we had basketball Friday. Um, ADs don't typically take the, you know, you don't get a lot of vacation time. You really don't. You're always on. You know, we, everybody has, as I say right here, the, the cell phone. We call this our electronic tethers. 
And so um, in our role, you've got to be available. Um, we had the bowling team got stranded where the bus didn't show up. Who are they going to call? They call me. So we got to get those kids picked up. So, uh, and that could be at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. So that goes back to, um, you know, the position that you're in and, and the, uh, the success that you've had, but in particular, uh, in that situation or really any situation, uh, as the leader, you, you can't have a nine to five job and, and kind of let it go. It just no. doesn't, uh, it doesn't work like that because people's uh, needs go beyond, you know, business hours. And when things happen, you know, someone has to pick up, you know, um, it's, you know, coach was at uh, a, a bowling alley and he's, he's got his kids and it's our responsibility to get him back. And, for me not to take that phone call, I mean, that is, that's as wrong as a day is long. It's just, you know, uh, we got kids out there, coaches who are working hard. And so you need to be working hard right along with them and supporting. That's really what it's about. So tell me about, uh, you know, this is, I guess, uh, a time to take a victory lap, Brian. Uh, let you let you show off a little bit. What is the Alan Bush Award? Now, I know that it's for the MHSAA Administrator, right. Coach, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Is that like the Academy Award of Michigan High School Athletics? It's or a Golden Globe, I'll call it. We'll okay. Call it Golden Globe, since you put it in that, that uh, you referenced uh, those kind of awards. Yeah. Um, the Alan Bush Award goes to um, somebody who's been around for a little bit, but has done significant amount of uh, um, service to educational athletics and the MHSAA. Here at Novi, last year alone, we hosted 24 different MHSAA tournament events and five state finals five in, in five different sports. And so um, we, we are finally referred to as the MHSAA East, um, which means, you know, Novi does their lion's share of support when it comes time for state tournaments. And oftentimes our teams are not even in these things. We just, we do it because it's, that's what, that's what provides a great experience for kids. And it isn't just your own kids, it's all kids. And so, um, uh, myself along with, I think three other recipients this past year received the award. Um, so, and I say that's a team award because you think that is not Brian Gordon, like all by himself. There are right. hundreds of people who do things around here. Yeah. And that goes back to, uh, our CMU days and, you know, when you're in high school on a, in a lot of, uh, situations, you're, you're the best player, at least on your team. Oh, yes. And maybe the best player in the area or one of them. And then you go up to the next level and you learn very quickly <laughs> that. You uh, off the wall, I think, my second day. Yeah, that you, <laughs> you know, you're not the best player on the team. No. Uh, but uh, so you have to improve very quickly mm -hmm. uh, and, and you have to you know, at some level, everybody has to start to put work into it. And you really, at least for me, I didn't have to put that much work into it in high school. I loved practice and stuff like that. But as far as the work and the work, you know, it took me a year and a half, really, before, you know, I started getting some significant playing time just because the level of play went up. And 
then there's that next level. Uh, and you hope that somebody on your team kind of carries the flag for you or carries the torch and maybe gets into the big leagues. And uh, in our case, uh, Kevin Tappany uh, was able to make it to the big leagues. And uh, those of you listening, uh, Google Kevin Tappany, T-A-P-A-N-I, and you can see that uh, he had a real nice career and was part of the 1991 Minnesota Twins World Series, uh, the classic 1991 World Series. And, um, you know, so, and that's what you represent, Brian, or anybody who receives that significant of an award, you're carrying that torch up there for all those other people that have supported you. Uh, you agree? Oh, uh, 100%. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that they should have given out, it should say no by athletic department. It should not say me. Um, and I, I do mean that with all my heart because, Without people, the people around you are who define you. They really do. And I tell our coaches all the time, like, you are the average of your five closest friends. And I tell kids this as well. If you look at, you know, like with kids, it's with grades and, you know, what they do, what they do when they're not in school, your five friends will define you. When you professionally, if you you take your five best friends, Dross, you are the average of them and what, how much money you make or the success or however you measure success. Um, those five people will define you. And so that's, this is the same thing here with all the number of people who do all the great things around here. Um, Jim Fuller, our grounds guys who, what they do outside, um, all the officials who come in and, you know, Bar McDougal, who's our athletic secretary and Ashley boots, both of them work so hard. And that's what makes Novi what it is. It really is. And so you're going to get some awards for that kind of kind of stuff. But that's, yeah, go ahead. That's just team. That's just team. So. Yeah. So it sounds like you build a great team, and uh, you probably have some outstanding facilities as well, right? If people want we to keep do. coming yeah. back to Novi, yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. We're very fortunate where the community uh, is invested in what educational athletics does, and the people above me. You know, Dr. Matthews, our superintendent, uh, and uh, Dr. Kinzer, Dr. Weber, and Jill Minnick, I call them the big four. They are our four big decision makers. They appreciate and understand what educational athletics does for, for kids, families, and for a community, and for the identity of a building. You know, it's culture. This is the culture we have. And culture really starts with, with leadership. So. Yeah, and you probably take some cues from your principal as well. Well, Nicole Carter is fantastic. Um, she's a member of the Rep Council for the MHSAA, so she's also involved. Her Matter of fact, her husband, Nigeria Carter, played in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we have, uh, we have amazing leaders in our district. Uh, Nova is the number one public school district in the state. Just recently was rated number one. Um, but it's it's because of the people and it's because the community's expectations are such that we do have high achieving uh, kids and, and professionals. Yeah. All right. So uh, I see that in 2011, you were inducted into the Michigan high school baseball coaches association hall of fame. Yes. Uh, that's pretty impressive. 
And uh, really, in the grand scheme of things, 15 years is not really a long time. Some coaches go on. The oh, the, yeah. the Harrington fellow at uh, the old Farmington <laughs> Harrison, he was there for, you know, two lifetimes. Yep, two lifetimes. Yep. So, um, I, again, really, you, Draz, you were part of the Royal Oak families. I mean, Royal Oak is a great community where they have some really fantastic kids and uh, baseball is a big part of it. And so, yep. um, you know, Frank Clouser ahead of me is also in the Coaches Hall of Fame. Um, he, sh- he showed me how to coach. He and, and, and Dean Creener, too. Um, just the small ball and teaching skills and, and getting the most out of kids. Um, and baseball is a game you can control. That's what Clouser would always say. And so we had great families and who supported us. And we, uh, you know, we, we uh, refurbished uh, Kimball High School's baseball field, mm-hmm. put in a grass field. I know you were probably used to playing on that slag. That was, uh, that was a mess. <laughs> we were literally throwing uphill by three feet from third to first. Because all the water ran to the to the football stadium. That's right. That's right. We did a retaining wall and all the and and everybody who supported that. And so, um, you know, the framework and the foundation was built by Frank Clouser, um, and and again Chuck Jones, and so um, as the athletic director. So I just I just took that torch and tried to make it a little bit brighter. And uh, you know, we won a lot of games, uh, but you know. I, I get, I get, if I got, I got a second here, I'll tell you a quick story about a, one of our kids. Um, I, uh, I had gone down to a Lions game and I'm, I'm, I, uh, my appendix went. And so my son drove me to the emergency room and I'm so, on the table. So just a little bit of a uh, background. So sure. you went to the Lions game. Yes. Right. And during the time that you left the house, to the time you got to Ford Field, or when you got to Ford Field, yeah, uh, your uh, appendix burst. Yes, it didn't burst, but it, we a lot of pain, and so they just just out of nowhere, just out of nowhere. Oh boy, it was the okay. Coney Dogs when we went to Lafayette. I have no idea. Probably, it probably. So we, <laughs> that got me up to Troy Beaumont, and I'm laying there at about midnight. They they find out they got to take it out, and the surgical PA came up to me and said, well, Hey coach, looks like I'm taking out your appendix. And so it was a kid, Brad Watson, who played left field for us at Kimball. Mm-hmm. Great kid. And obviously doing great things now. People taking, uh, taking responsibility for you there. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. He's a better surgeon than he was a left fielder. I think I'm hoping. <laughs> So, and then I see a lot of these, uh, I see the final fours, the regional championships, district championships, uh, amazing stuff uh, that you've done. And last question for you, Brian. Sure. Give me one defining achievement in the life of Brian Gordon. I have to say the Alan Bush Award was really important to me. And that drives, I, I get a little choked up talking about this because um, that award was originated in 1992. And the very first recipient of that award was Chuck Jones. Oh. And so Chuck, and Chuck passed away this past June 4th. Mm-hmm. 
And for me to be named that recipient two weeks afterwards um, really kind of hit me right in the old heart there. That's a full circle kind of moment. It is. And when I say it's a team award, it is a team award. And whenever I'm faced with tough decisions to make, you know, when I talked about mentors before, I always will reference back in my mind, you know, how would Chuck handle this? And so it's, the guy's been really important to me, you know, and uh, to get that award went where he was the very first recipient and then for us to lose him all in one swoop, um, that was pretty, that was pretty, pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that. Not everybody uh, kind of opens up, uh, you know, during a, during an interview like that. So uh, I definitely appreciate it. Take care, Draz Cast podcast listeners. Thank you, Brian, again. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you for being part of the Draws Cast. Check out Jeff's website, drawstalks.com, to find out more about booking Jeff for your next event. Also at drawstalks.com, you can purchase Jeff's book, Inspired, How Our Differences Are Changing the Workplace, or inquire about Jeff's training programs and personal or executive coaching. All of Jeff's video blogs can be seen on his YouTube channel, Jeff Drazowski. Thank you and bye for now.